0: What are the elements of a good leader in medicine? What do good leaders have in common? This is a short episode highlighting some of the themes I've seen with guests we've had on the podcast so far. And I'll also highlight a tool that I've used to help accelerate the growth of leaders. Welcome to the Leadership Pulse. Healthcare Culture's New Heartbeat, where we talk about leadership and culture in healthcare. I'm your host, Becky Wolf. Today is going to be a short episode highlighting just a few things I've noticed with the guests we've had on the podcast so far. First, why am I doing this? If we keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, that's the definition of insanity, right? Great leaders leave time for reflection introspection, and they give themselves time to connect the dots. So that's why I'm doing this. So theme number one of what I've noticed so far with the guests that we've had on, each guest that we've had on so far is willing to not only grow as a physician and in their medical practice, but they're willing to grow as leaders. The docs we've seen uh, on the podcast so far, they've identified some gaps in healthcare and they're willing to lean into those gaps to make medicine better they were willing to do something about the gaps that they saw. They worked on themselves and they worked on their practice in some capacity. So for example, Brady that we had on the episode, a couple or on the podcast a couple of times, he's the CEO of his practice. He ended up getting an MBA and he also took a leadership course to improve his ability to lead people. Dr. David Keynes stepped back to look at the source of his burnout, and he figured out that if he had more time with his patients, he would lead a more fulfilling life and have a more fulfilling practice. So he created software to do just that, to actually help build the relationship with his patients before they even walked in his clinic. Miriam Z, Dr. Z, she sought out to figure out the source of her burnout, and she invested time and energy into... Uh, figuring out what was happening with her so she could overcome burnout once and for all. She went on to start her own virtual care clinic to fill in again a gap that she was seeing in primary care. Each physician stepped back and they were able to recognize that something needed to change in order for their lives to improve and they were willing to step into that. We don't get better by accident. That's the message that I want you to hear. If something is broken in your life or if something is missing, it won't get better without your involvement in fixing it. When we can own what's happening or what's broken, we can take action to fix it. Theme number two, each guest contributes to medicine beyond the traditional scope of medicine or or their typical practice. So they think outside the box and ways to serve others. Now, this doesn't mean that this always has to be the case. If you love what you're doing in your practice, maybe there's some element that you want to improve, but uh, it doesn't mean necessarily that you have to get your MBA or get a different certification. But what is something that you want to potentially improve that may be not in the scope of your practice at the current uh, stage of where it's at? So that's what I've noticed is theme number two is these physicians were willing to really figure out um, what lit them on fire. What was their their why, their bigger picture uh, for doing what they're doing? So people that stood out to me in this context were Edgar. So he's the cardiothoracic surgeon who's also a physician coach. He still very much practices CT surgery, but he spends some time coaching physicians and hospital systems for um, increasing and improving their culture. So Dyke Drummond, Dyke isn't practicing uh, in the traditional sense, however, he does make waves in medicine. He started his own company helping physicians engage with the source of their burnout to help them remedy this for the future. So managing their own burnout. Brian is a mindset coach, Brian Segre. He's a mindset coach. He has shifted his practice to a health focused sphere of medicine. And um, he just knew he needed to do something different than the traditional surgery that he had been accustomed to. Theme number three. Each guest sees the value in teamwork in healthcare. Edgar really stands out to me for this. He uh, was practicing surgery and he went on to get his master's in public health. And if you remember his podcast episode, and if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because it was incredibly inspiring. He mentioned that his healthcare team, they were tasked to reduce the, uh, the length of stay within the cardiothoracic realm and reducing patient stay after uh, CT surgery. What they found was that when the team worked together, they knew their role, they knew how to help the team win, they were able to reduce the length of stay and ultimately save millions of dollars for the hospital. So theme number three, again, teamwork. Each of those physicians values teamwork in some capacity. So this brings me to the tool that I use with Giant. I know I haven't explicitly said this in other podcasts before, but I partner with a company called Giant Worldwide where we teach leadership skills to any leader in any organization. My focus happens to be in healthcare. But the reason I partner with Giant is because we teach objective, common viral leadership language that creates unity in organizations. One of the tools that I use is called the core. So the core of leadership is based on three components. The first is IQ, so skills intelligence. The second is PQ, which is personality quotient or personality intelligence. And the third is EQ, which is emotional intelligence. I'm going to go into those a little bit deeper so you have a little bit more context here. But IQ, again, skills intelligence, it really is. How good are you at your job? Do you know the tasks you need to perform your job? Are you competent? This isn't a question really about intelligence. This has to do with the tasks and abilities uh, to do what you do on a normal daily basis. And the reason we bring this up with leadership in particular is because if you've been given a new position or role and specifically in a leadership or management uh, type of role, it is not uncommon for leaders that I work with to tell me that this is the the new part of their job and they don't feel as, as comfortable with that. So here's what I, what I tell them. You have never learned leadership before. You don't have certifications. Uh, you were given it because you excel at what you're doing. So now you get to excel at leading people and I'm gonna help you do that. So again, IQ is more so task awareness. So how good are you at your job? Do you feel comfortable and confident? And if not, how do I help you get there? How do I help you move to the next level there? PQ or personality intelligence really is self-awareness how do you, uh, how do people on the other side of you experience you? How do they perceive you? How do they perceive more so your actions and reactions to your environment? Are you approachable? Do people like being around you? How you make someone feel is your responsibility and it should matter and here's why. If you've read any of the research from Dr. Vivek Murthy, the US Surgeon General, there are some components that are uh, Uh, He has a pretty strong feeling about regarding the work-life environment and the balance in those environments and for safety. But the first one he highlights is physical and psychological safety. If people are working in a space where they don't feel like they have psychological safety, they're more likely to leave. And they'll figure out how to uh, find another position, even if... Um, They don't have anything set up right away. And we've experienced this with uh, a lot of shifting in the marketplace. Um, We've definitely experienced this. If people don't feel connected to the people around them, that's the second component of what he mentioned in the workplace um, well-being uh, document and the research that he's proposed. If people don't feel connected to their work and the people around them, they are more likely to leave. So... Why is this important in healthcare specifically before we get on to EQ? In healthcare, we if I use five voices, so again, using some diet material here, if I'm using five voices, a lot of people in medicine are going to be called nurturers or nurturer guardians or guardian nurturers even. So there's a dynamic there of a personality assessment that we use that a large portion of the people in healthcare will likely fit in this realm. The reason is they're really, really good at taking care of people one-to-one. And if they're built to care for people deeply on a one-to-one basis, and if they don't feel safe themselves in the environment in which they're in, how can they make patients feel safe? So if they're not feeling safe, connected, um, feeling like they're valued at work, they're more likely to leave. (laughs) If you've noticed the mass exodus of people leaving medicine and you still don't believe that connection is a critical component of well-being, you'll continue to lose people. So that's the message that I want you to hear. People want to feel valued, heard, and seen and respected. So on to the final component, which is EQ. EQ is emotional intelligence. So this is the ability to understand your emotions and the emotions of others, and then your ability to manage all of that. It's also the ability to understand where someone is at in their development and then help them get to the next level. So this is critical for the connection piece of things when you're talking about leadership. So people, especially in the younger generations, they want to know that you are invested in them and you're invested in their growth. That is one of the things they want more than anything when they're looking for a workplace. They want to have somebody who's who's willing to help them advance or grow. They wanna continually get better. So, Here's the other thing I want you to know, if you're a, if you're listening to this and you're a leader in healthcare right now, and this is new to you hearing PQ or EQ or any of these components, I don't want you to feel bad about that because I feel like a lot of people haven't really necessarily heard those terms, especially in healthcare, um, what I, what I have seen in, uh, as a, a constant theme regarding uh, development in healthcare is we tend to focus on medical education and less on people development side of things. So this is a new type of thing. Um, so again, if you're in healthcare and you've never heard these terms, or um, if you're looking to uh, increase or improve your leadership ability and your skills, just know that you're on the right track. So the other thing I, I would definitely say, and I've, I've said this to, to people in different spheres um, that I'm part of right now and, and what I'm coaching, but development is very different than training. Development really is the process of transformation where training is more so the increase of knowledge. So you can't train people um, at this stage of the game for it to improve culture, you really have to help them with the process of transformation. So it is it's more complicated. And um so just to kind of lean in there and tell you that if this is something new for you, don't you know, don't worry about it at all. What I want you to do though, is something that you can take away from this, a practical application that you can do is grade yourself in the three areas that I just mentioned. So with the core, what I do as a foundation for leaders that I work with is I have them give uh, grades to themselves. So one being, uh, I need some help in this area and a hundred being, I can knock it out of the park here. So if this is new language for you, I suggest that you you do this for uh, just again, your own awareness of where you might need to grow. So again, PQ is personality intelligence, which means self-awareness. So do you know what it's like to be on the other side of you? Do you know how people experience your actions and reactions? If you're a one, then that's, you know, you definitely need some work in that area. If you're a hundred here, you can knock it out of the park. You understand how people experience you, but give yourself a grade there. And then we'll move on here to IQ. So do you know uh, the tasks you need to do your job? Are you competent? Do you feel comfortable and confident in all the roles that you play, all the tasks you need to accomplish on a day-to-day basis? If you're a one here, then maybe you had a new position, you took a new position and you have some things you're still unclear of, and that is okay. So having conversations and just having an awareness allows you to grow in this area. If you're a hundred, maybe you've been doing your job for a while and you're like, you know, I feel really confident in this area, but I probably have some other areas I need to work on. Then that's honest. The last section here is EQ. So how well do you do at managing your emotions and the emotions of others? So one is, you know, I really haven't even heard of EQ before. Maybe, maybe that's where you're at and that's totally okay. Or maybe it's a hundred where, you know, I feel like I'm good in this area and I feel like I'm solid. So I don't need help in this area. But I would urge you to go through those three elements and give yourself a grade because it is the first step to becoming a better leader. Just knowing that there maybe is some area of growth that you need to lean into. So uh, that is all I have. The second episode, there's going to be another episode following this, which will give you some additional tips on how to grow as a leader. But until then, I am for you. And um, thanks for joining us at the Leadership Pulse.